Hello, this is John Gilhooley, director of Wigmore Hall, and I'm delighted to introduce the Castalian Quartet to all of you today. Some of the audience, some of our regular audience mightn't be familiar with them yet, but it's a name to watch uh, in the years to come. And I'm going to invite the quartet now to introduce themselves one by one. My name is Sini Simonen and I play first violin. I'm Daniel Roberts and I'm the second violinist. I'm Charlotte Bonneton and I'm the violist. I'm Christopher Graves and I play the cello. I think I'll start with you, Sini. Uh, what do you think of the, the often quoted description of a, a string quartet as a conversation between four intelligent people or very intelligent people? What's your reaction to that? Yeah, it definitely is that. No, no doubt about it. There's something about string quartet that there's four identities, four voices, but then also there is a collective and a lot about often when you're playing a string quartet what you're grappling with is this ind individual voices and a collective identity and a kind of clash of identities between the both but definitely the, the, for, between four intelligent people or for, for between four friends a lively discussion and you're still friends all of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah and there's definitely lively discussion <laughs> yeah some of it not very intelligent but <laughs> Daniel, can you tell us a little bit about uh, how the quartet uh, came to life? Yeah, well, the quartet was founded in 2011. And at that time, it was just me and, and um, three others, three other great friends. And quite soon after, very soon after, in fact, uh, Charlotte joined. She was studying with the others at the, the Royal Academy as a violinist um, but wanted to play viola in string quartet, so we quickly snapped her up. And then we worked together for some years, and when we were looking for a cellist, I immediately thought of Chris, who I'd met at the Royal College, where we were postgraduate students. And Charlotte, in fact, I think the week before, two weeks before, I'd played the Schubert had, Quintet yes. with Chris. Charlotte yeah. played first violin, yes. Yeah. We had had a wonderful time. Um, yes, we do. So that worked. We were like straight on the phone. <laughs> yes, we were straight on the phone to Chris. And, and then when we were looking for a first violinist, we had kind of discussed Sini, but she was at that time living in Denmark, I think. I think I was right? living in Germany. Or living in Germany. <laughs> and um, but So we thought, okay, well, that's not going to work. And um, we'd met Sini and heard her play piano trios in a festival in Germany and had absolutely adored her playing. And then one day we had an email um, from our mentor, Oliver Villa, um, from Hanover. Of, of the Kuss Quartet. Of the Kuss Quartet. And he said that um, Cine had been in touch, saying that she was looking for a string quartet. And we couldn't believe our luck and <laughs> quickly insisted she flew over to London. And we played a few notes together and Cine went off out into the streets of London and we thought, okay, we've got to get in touch as soon as possible. So we phoned her and said, please, can you join us? And yeah, and that was about three years ago now, just over three years ago. Yes, yeah. three years. Yeah. So. But life can be very difficult for a young string quartet. Did you imagine yourselves at that stage... Uh, taking on such a position in the international 
chamber music world as, as you already have. You're making quite an impact. You've gone down very well here at Aldborough. You've done very well in, in a number of competitions. It's, it's been a, a short trajectory so far. I think when we start, absolutely don't think about that. You just think about sticking to your own principles and ideas and working together and being quite stubborn about it, really, because it's easy to look from the outside at Young String Quartet and see you're not making that much money. Rehearsing string quartets takes an absolute age and you're not getting paid for that (laughs) at the beginning. So we just kind of put our heads down, worked, really tried and, I mean, struggled to make it work. Mm. And then things just begin to fall into place a little bit. Although, of course, we're still working incredibly hard and not taking anything for granted. But I think that we were lucky... We entered, quite soon after Sydney had joined, we entered the Lyon competition and were successful in that. And that kind of got our name out a bit. And then the real major point was when um, we auditioned for YCAT and are now represented by them. And that's really changed, changed our lives, I suppose. Also, it's not that you think of... What's likely, it's it's more that if you actually have a possibility to work with something such as a serious string quartet and, and try and make it work, you're already lucky. You're already mm. doing, um, even in the early stages, something that's beneficial for your development mm. as a musician and as a human being anyway. And if you happen to really believe in the group and think that you could do something, I mean, that that's just... Uh, extremely lucky but but simply to have this option is is, is, is luck i think that's important is maybe when you don't have much work at the beginning is to be able to look around at the other three and go wow i really love playing with these people i have such enormous respect for them and then as cindy says that gives you tremendous belief and, and sustains you do you think chamber music helps you to become a fully rounded human being as well as a fully rounded musician <laughs> Because there's a lot of give and take. There's a lot of listening. There's a lot of compromise. You have to live together practically as a couple of four or as a, a, a married unit of four. There, <laughs> there is a, it's easy to be brought down to earth. Yeah, it's hard to get too carried away with um, delusions about your, yourself in a, in a quartet because you're always having to come up against three other strong personalities. And, and that's, I think difficult but healthy and what happens when when you fail to agree (laughs) in rehearsal in that process it often makes it even more exciting on stage actually when we haven't agreed on something (laughs) and you don't quite know what's going to happen and it heightens your sense of awareness and listening i think there's a certain amount of discord that's actually helpful and actually creative Mm -hmm. and also what you learn with time is that no one has the perspective over everything all the time. So you might have a massive disagreement uh, at a moment and yet usually you're able to understand that probably some of the reason why the disagreement is so massive is that you you don't have really the full perspective at that moment and, and, and you look back on those disagreements and often they've been helpful, mm. necessary to have and also not as massive as you thought. <laughs> uh, that doesn't stop you from feeling it, though. Yeah, uh. yeah, definitely. My experience is that 
the more we get to know each other, the more we trust each other, the more comfortable we are having disagreements and kind of living with them. Um, and it, yeah, so it, it has to be based on a, a sense of trust. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And also, we come from really different cultures, like, of course, different countries and so on. And, and but but like as our education as players uh, w- somehow was quite different. Mm. Um, and I'm definitely going back to some of the things or some of the ways in which I was educated and wondering about them and getting a lot of perspective on, on how, how that shaped my behavior and uh, and how that affects others. And I mean, I think about it all the time. I mean, this this human human development <laughs> as a string quarter player, I suppose, because it, it comes up all the time. And um, yeah, it's as much about understanding yourself uh, better through these mirrors that you you Indeed. get that are not mm. always pretty. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's part of the listening experience as well. That's that's mm. what you you bring to us as an audience. Sometimes a, a fresh perspective on something that we've heard many times before. But you're bringing your life experience and your your interpretation to us, and that's something that gives us great joy. Charlotte, we need to get you in in the conversation a little <laughs> bit. So I'm going to ask you. To, talk, to, to kick us off, because you should all individually talk about the big project that you're doing here next year, to talk about Haydn. Uh, somebody said that his quartets are among the, the marvels of, of all civilised art. Uh, you're going to play a big part as the Castalian Quartet in our celebration of Haydn across the 1718 series. Have you started working on that yet? Yes, we have. A few months ago. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a great journey. I mean, only the beginning, and there's still a long way to go. I'm really opening lots of different worlds. Um, I think we have, we've just started the number uh, num- opus seventy-six number two. Just started it a couple of hours ago. Yeah, that, yeah. so that's the last one in on, <laughs> the on the on the road. Um, but I think we are all enormously looking forward to it. Slightly, it's a bit scary to be honest, but really exciting. Yeah. And of course, they'll be recorded for Wigmore Hall live. Yeah. Yes. So, do you think the microphones will make a difference? Does that change? I think how you approach. I, mean, I think. I think the Wigmore Hall is the Wigmore Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Whether there's mics or not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I think it's. If there's a, a real sense of warmth and attention from the audience, then the microphones fade into the background. Really. Yeah. 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 I'd much rather have the microphones there listening to us in a concert in the Wigmore Hall than sitting in a studio. Yes. yes. So we Absolutely. feel yeah, very excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. And anything that you have to say individually about the Opus 76s? <clears throat> They're the best, I would say. Um, sorry to the uh, other quartets <laughs> playing the other sets. Um, <clears throat> not biased at all. Actually, I, I fell, um, really fell in love with Haydn, um, beginning with Opus 76, number six. Um, it was the first Haydn quartet when I was at school that I studied in depth. And, yeah, so it feels feels a nice journey from school to then playing that to round off our series in, in the Wigmore Hall. Can't quite believe that. feel yeah. incredibly lucky about, about having that opportunity. 
Yeah, I, I, the first yeah. Haydn quartet I played was seven to six number one when, when I was a young teenager, I think. And uh, I had actually completely forgotten about it until I opened the book and saw it again. And uh, it's a strange thing coming back to pieces over such long periods of time because it's almost like another slot of your memory which accesses something about you that you don't get otherwise. I mean, it's like it bypasses a lot of things. It's uh, probably like... Mm memory of smell but in a very different way mm. um and it, it's like a kaleidoscope of your life looking back at the pieces you've played and 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 um but yeah do, the, do you have to relearn things because you know if you had a particular technique or or a weaker technique at, at that time oh, that's, uh, yeah. is that is that, that presumably is part of the process when you vi- revisit something so many years later it is, but I, I think it is. But I mean, I'm not sure it's so um, conscious or intentional. Or, or I mean, I've changed so much since then that I don't think I can consciously manipulate th- th- that part. But there is a sense of having lived with something, and hopefully, mm. I mean, after now having, <laughs> I mean, learning all the others, then you know they will keep coming back throughout my life. Um, but I mean, you asked about the opus as a whole i mean it's it's definitely um absolutely amazing sort of the the invention of it and sometimes all, almost the the quirkiness of, of some of the solutions and um i think in this one there are quite often these collect collective utterances are like in quite many of them we have passages where we vary between individual voices and then unison passages where we are treated more orchestrally, I think. Mm. So there is something about during Haydn's career, probably how he thought about string quartet to the out, outside, string mm. quartet and audience or string quartet and the inside string quartet to each other. Well, of course, they wasn't they weren't played in the concert halls at the time, rather rooms, but yeah, but there, there's something inward yet outward about them that I love. Have you played in Vienna yet? No. 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 Not as a group. I, I have. Okay. But yeah, yeah. You have yeah. Yeah. We went there as, yeah. a, as a quartet <laughs> fairly recently yeah. to test some strings. So we, we which was a, which was a great choice. So we had actually we had some time to um, discover the city a bit, which was incredible. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about competitions because at Wigmore Hall, we're promoting our, our own string quartet competition. I don't think you ever entered that one, but no. you've yeah. done well in the field of competitions. Just uh, just your general view of what, what comp- competitions are. Are they really important? Would you be where you are without them, do you think? Putting putting Wycat one side, because that really mm. that's not a competition. Mm. That's, yeah. a different, that's a completely different thing. But you've done well internationally. I think as, as much as being successful... Um, reaching the final getting a prize in in an international competition of course it's that's a, a big step up but for me what i've really taken from the competitions is how they lay bare our strengths and weaknesses and i think they intensify the the process of learning about each other and learning how to cope with you know really stressful situations and they are stressful when you're doing them because you know, you're, you're striving for a career and you're striving for that kind of foot up in, in, in being able to 
make a living from what you do. So there seems, um, I think from my experience, a lot of, uh, there's a lot riding on, on those performances. And yet somehow you have to um, overcome that and sit and play a Haydn quartet, which is just this, you know, joyful, quirky conversation. And doing that in front of a jury, knowing that your the technical aspect is is being judged, but you're also having to um, communicate is is really not easy. Last year we were in in the Banff competition um, over in Canada, and yeah, what I really take from that is how I think we did manage to be ourselves on stage. A little bit more tense, maybe, but we managed to find ourselves in that situation. I think that's given us tremendous strength um, going forward. Um, and and no, knowing each other on stage and knowing how each other reacts um, when you've been through three or four rounds of that. Yeah. Is, is jury feedback useful at, at a competition? Because... You get some. You get that from from the panel sometimes. Did you get that at various competitions? Yes. Where at, I, at points. For me, then not useful. Not because useful. Because in the no, I mean, we've had a few, and I I didn't really connect with any. I mean, of course, it's it's always good to have encouragements and things like this. But in the end, I think we 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 still want to play how we want to play. So, and I don't know because of the whole stress business. You know the fact that you are in an incredibly high stressful situation there are things that are going to be slightly misunderstood sorry sometimes maybe and i don't i mean i haven't found it useful i think i i i would say that like we've had meetings with people who've been on the juries yeah that there's well I, i'm thinking of a couple of people that have had a particular insight into us because they've heard us in such a kind of um, you know, um, what's the word? like you know, at, at our most vulnerable, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that has, well, who knows? And it may be. I I I think it has been useful, but in a large, you know, in a kind of in the sense that when we've actually had the chance to spend time with someone from a jury, that you know, one of the people that we've connected well with, and. Found, found useful as a mentor that has been useful that they did hear us playing in the competitions it's true so yeah. maybe it's about the format of it because i think it's in in any case it's very hard to give like a bullet point of of, of hard, uh, what yes. you are yeah. and what to do it, it, and it what you thought time. and there's always yeah. people who yeah. don't like you anyway yes. so i think that's great if, if a jury's divided which you know they often <laughs> seem to be and then they might be divided from the audience so you've got you know however many hundred people in a room if you can divide them i think that means you're <laughs> being yourself. I think it's a positive. You know, you're never going to make everyone happy. So, and also, yeah, and also, yeah. like to, to be fair, I think it's incredibly hard to be a very good judge. And like, well, I think people can be very good judges, but then to 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 um, listen to an enormous amount of music and then speak about it for five minutes with someone and try to have an impact on their life. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I. Can. I don't think I can do it. I don't know. And and in the end, there's also, I don't know. Pe people have to make decisions, and and um, I, I think there's something to 
to be thought about if there is a good way of actually formatting a, a, a jury feed feedback um, because I've had all kinds of experiences and good and bad by the sounds of it. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, absolutely terrible and also really wonderful. Um, and I did some competition when I was some competitions as a violinist when I was very young, and maybe there you have to be quite careful because you can easily confuse and mess up a, a kid mm. <laughs> by being a little bit thoughtless. I don't know. Yeah. So what what are the good points of a competition then? Is it is it the preparation? The fact that maybe you approach repertoire that you wouldn't normally, I wouldn't have at that stage approached. What what, what um, positives came out yeah. apart from apart from the profile? In some ways, the competitions we've done have represented a kind of step up in terms of professionalism and the technical level of our playing, which isn't everything, but it's. That, that, that's one element. And it's also a test. You know, I feel like I did learn a lot about my relationship with the others during competitions. And I do feel like we kind of got better at doing competitions as well. And whether that's a useful... I think it had some skills that you can then transfer to other parts of life. <laughs> also, yeah. I think it's actually very interesting to meet the other participants. Mm, I was and, going to ask about that. Mm. Yeah, and, and that's something... Um, thinking about the sort of violin competitions I might have done ages ago, that's something that lasts if you, if you make a connection. And Is it because you're working in isolation as, as a young violinist or you're working in isolation a lot as a quartet? Mm. Yeah. Is it good to meet your peers? Is oh, it off-putting? It's good to meet people who are dedicated to the same. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they understand what you do, really, and they understand how devoted you are to mm. this goal of playing string quartet and devoting yourself to the repertoire and that life and, and it's true that I think it creates incredible connection and understanding and it was, I, I mean I love that's probably the thing I love the most about Banff it was great in Banff because we, we, yeah. were, we were all in the living together, together. Yeah. living together and, and supporting each other and, and it was and so special yeah. it was really special I mean who would have known that actually we, I would have enjoyed that I don't know this yeah. Because yeah. it sounds you, more like a festival experience yeah yeah, yeah. and actually that's what they wanted to do but it's really um yeah, it's it's also brought s some understanding about myself and how I see that this what what we do rather than oh this is yeah a competition we have to I mean we were just dedicating ourselves to a higher goal 